Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, guys, welcome in to, uh, to a Monday edition here of the Early Line on the Grid, sportsgrid.com. want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. Certainly hope it was a pleasant uh, holiday weekend for you. Hope uh, everybody remained uh, safe and uh, is getting ready for uh, what is going to be uh, another week of, well, trying to break down a draft that's coming up for the NFL, kind of uh, social distancing ourselves, continuing to uh, wrap our head around the Reality of that in the near future, and then, of course, kind of speculate as to when and how uh, a lot of our favorite sports are going to uh, make their way back, as I'm sure many of you are going, how the hell am I going to make it back, uh, much less the, uh, the Major League Baseball and uh, the NBA and so on and so forth. So still a lot of questions to be answered, but uh, definitely some, uh, some headlines around the world of sports from over the last couple of days here that we can tackle. And... You know, if we go all the way back to, uh, to Friday, Dane, there was a situation where uh, we learned that the XFL had, uh, had decided to shutter its doors and uh, unfortunately have to let uh, everybody go who works for the XFL. And, uh, you know, I, we had talked about them probably being a casualty of this uh, and maybe not able to return. I'm shocked it kind of took as long as it did, right. but uh, we got word Thursday that they ended up refunding all of the season ticket holders' money. Uh, and then Friday, of course, came the news that uh, that was going to be the end of the XFL. Now, they did release a statement saying that they will, uh, they don't know, uh, they're going to reevaluate down the road and figure out uh, what, if anything, is next. But uh, I think it would be very, very hard to uh, look at the XFL. And they needed uh, that first year, uh, this year, uh, they would have needed that to, uh, to, culminate and crown a champion and they needed all of that to happen but unfortunately uh, we might have seen the end of the um, NFL 1A uh, for a long long time I mean we it was tried I think it was on the right trajectory but yeah it was circumstances unfortunately is not going to uh, to allow it to continue and I don't know that it will ever continue again in any form that being what many people consider to be you know NFL 1A yeah, the idea of spring football mm. here in America. You know, I, I, I agree with you, Joe. I think the XFL, and it's a shame because I think they were actually onto something. Mm. I think they had a greater potential of success and like longevity yep. than what we saw the previous year from the AAF, for example. They shuttered its door because they weren't interested and it was just like a bad product. The XFL was actually starting to build momentum. Yep. People were interested in the kind of levels of access they were getting. People were interested in... The quality of play even, you know, and some of the different rules, whether it be the three-point conversion, the kickoffs we saw. And, and I think they were kind of building a little bit of a following if they were able to finish their season and crown a champion. I actually think there would have been a season next year, but we did see that. And, and we kind of thought that, Joe. Remember when they made the announcement that XFL players yep. would be able to sign with other teams in the NFL? I think that was the first clue you know, that they weren't going to be sustainable given right. the times that we are in. And and it's it's kind of a shame if you want to know the truth, because yep. I do think they had some things that were really good. But listen, Joe, out of, out of these uh, quarantine times, right, like Starbucks is going to open. The mom and pop coffee shop, yep. it's going to be harder and harder. We're seeing that in all parts of the economy. It was... Um... You know, the numbers came in when you looked at it, too, and they were getting averaging across the league 15,000 fans a game. That's nice. I mean, they were, there was not a situation, Dan, where people weren't showing and people weren't supporting. It had a lot of support, especially in cities like Seattle and St. Yep. Louis and New York. I mean, there were a lot of fans coming out and backing the XFL, and uh, unfortunately, uh, listen, I, I can only hope that, that something uh, will, will come of this again in the future, but the, uh, the reality is that's a lot of lost revenue. That's, uh, that's a lot of loss there, and, and while yeah. uh, we love Jim, um, uh, while we love the, the whole McMahon family for that matter, yeah. we do, but I, it's, it's kind of hard from a business perspective. Right. Uh, and, you know, this is going to go one of two ways, I think, with a lot of sports here, because I don't think the XFL is the only one on the edge. I know there's a lot of clubs and a lot of leagues around yeah. the world that 
Um, very hard to sustain this kind of layoff and this kind of uh, missed opportunity here. We, the kinds of things we only have seen in the past, and with strikes. Right. And we know how hard it is for the leagues even then, even leagues like baseball and the NFL to be able to bounce back from that. So uh, this is going to be tough, but I don't know that the XFL is the only team here or the only league, rather, that's going to have their problems trying to bounce back after this. Yeah, you know, we do not know. And when we kind of pop back on the other side, we're going to see some of the larger implications. And I would not be surprised, unfortunately, Joe, if the XFL wasn't the only league on kind of on the cutting room floor that wasn't able to sustain themselves. Or, as you've mentioned, could specific clubs or teams within a league not be able to do it? You know, I think, for example, like the MLS, Joe, right? Like, I actually think the MLS is gaining traction in this country, but what about some of the smaller teams within the MLS, right? Down by you, Joe, I think Miami was supposed to launch this year. It was supposed to be their inaugural season, so it's not like they got a long list of, uh, you know, dedicated fans or money in the office, for example. With the XFL, though, Joe, they were onto something. You're talking about the attendance. I truly believe, Joe, that that team in L.A., the L.A. Roughnecks, they were outdrawing the Los Angeles Chargers in the NFL out there in L.A. And the damn shame of it all, Joe, is I had the Houston Roughnecks who were undefeated as my future's XFL champion. I got them right after week one when they were still like nine or ten to one, and they became the favorites by about week four or five whenever it stopped. So, you know, I guess that that gets refunded for me. Yeah, it's – it was it was rough, and I hope. Listen, I hope everybody, uh, all the the major sports, of course, all the uh, in between yeah. sports uh, around the world, uh, will be able to withstand and come back uh, bigger and stronger. But uh, we still got, of course, a lot of question marks surrounding a lot of these uh, teams, and of course, a lot of these leagues here in the country, especially the NBA. Uh, the question marks around the NBA continue. Now, you would think that they have the most leeway as far as it goes because outside of uh, let's just say scrapping the 18 19 games that are left to finish the season fine uh being able to go ahead and put 16 teams someplace and be able to crown a champion in some way shape or form would certainly be advantageous to everybody in the league fans around the world all good i mean that's uh we got no problem with that uh but there's still a lot of question marks around some of these teams uh, and as far as their level of interest in wanting to come back and play. And, uh, you know, it's one of those many obstacles. And then you hear things like, uh, apparently, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell not on the same They're page not here. Cool anymore. They are not on the same page here, guys. Uh, and, of course, we know Rudy Gobert famously licking the microphone and everything else and apparently was acting like a uh, crazy man when the first coronavirus story started to circulate he was uh you know pretending like yeah yeah i got it i got well he did have it and apparently he wasn't uh he was doing the same kind of annex in the the locker room and then of course we find out donovan mitchell gets it and then he releases that uh that instagram post and doesn't call doesn't call him out but certainly uh, has a few things to say about people who weren't taking it seriously um what in the world do you now both have recovered both are are in good health um but apparently they're not in good spirits, or at least that's what's being leaked out now, is that we thought time would heal all wounds, right? Um, but apparently it has not at this particular point. So the question is, what do you do, too, if uh, teams like Utah, and, uh, and you don't know what kind of other rifts are going on in the NBA, we still don't know a lot of the other players who might have tested positive because they opted not to release their names. But you know, cause and effect kind of situation here. I, you know, if you're Utah, what the hell are you supposed to do with your two biggest stars, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell now, if they're not even talking to each other? And I was saying they even have to like each other moving forward here. But the reality is, my word, is that going to problem in the locker room? I don't care when they, how do you come over that when you do come back, where you come back? How the hell do you come over that? You do the same thing the Houston Rockets did with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. You do the same thing the Los Angeles Lakers did with Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. You do the same thing many, many teams have done with kind of their stars that we find out did not like each other. Maybe we'll find out more details, you know, years from now in a blog or in a book, you know, the idea of how coronavirus came to the Utah Jazz and, you know. But what they do is they just keep on playing. You know, we've seen 
you know, we have seen in the history of sports plenty of examples, Joe, where players didn't like each other. I'm reminded of fights in the Yankee dugout in the late 70s as well. So this would not be new for sports. Maybe in the offseason, one of them is shipped off, in a, you know, to another team. And wouldn't that be interesting if Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert was kind of a... um. Uh, a player that the Jazz knew they had no leverage and had to move, what that could mean for other teams. But when you talk about the NBA playoffs in general, remember, Joe, all things are on the table, right? right. If we potentially realign Major League Baseball by spring training sites, everything is on the table. And what I also think is possible, although we haven't discussed it, is you know, if the time crunch gets too much, Maybe it's not a best of seven series. Maybe right. they're best of fives. Maybe they're best of threes even, Joe. If the time crunch gets too much, maybe instead of eight teams from each conference, it's four teams from each conference. Yep. You know, there's a lot of other things that could happen that may have to get condensed to preserve the idea of crowning a champion. Yeah, it's uh, and and it's coming out for a couple of uh, a couple of sources that are saying that uh, relationship certainly on thin ice, which is kind of a shame because Utah has spent a lot of time putting that uh, team together, right. those players together, and it might all be uh, for naught. So we'll have to wait and see what's going on with that. Also, uh, the league, uh, a lot of GMs uh, around the NBA are saying there is no way um, that they can hold their draft in June, that uh, they are uh, asking Adam Silver and the league office to go ahead and postpone it to at least August. And the reason behind it is that they're not going to have the opportunity. And the NBA works a little bit differently. You, you bring these guys in, you work them out, you have shoot-arounds, you do those right. kinds of things. And uh, uh, they're not going to have any of that lead-up to the draft like they normally have. And, you know, teams as much as, and again, it goes back to that old question like in the NFL, like how much more tape do you need to see in a guy uh, in order to be able to figure out whether or not he fits in? But uh, apparently the NBA feels it's just, you can't overcome that, that their ability to be able to bring these guys in themselves, work them out, do their things is something that they can't draft without. So there's no word on it just yet, but they would like it at least delayed to August 1st. I understand. Uh, I don't know necessarily outside of watching them shoot a basketball in front of you. Uh, is there a lot you can't learn still even now from them? I don't know, but it's interesting how uh, unanimously uh, they yeah. are adamant about pushing this back until at least August. So, you know, Joe, we, we've talked before about, like, sports reopening again. Right. And you and I have both kind of said that we prefer the approach that does not, like, have a target date, but talks about, like, the steps of the process that right. would need to happen. And I think the same approach should be taken for the NBA draft, Joe. You know, instead of saying, like, oh, it can happen in August, right, I think what has to happen is first, whatever happens with the season right. and playoffs, because quite frankly, Joe, uh, we don't know the draft order and the ping pong balls until the season standings are done, right? right? Or yep. the playoffs are done. We don't know until that happens. We also, God forbid, Joe, that in the finals of whatever these NBA playoffs happen, one of these teams have a devastating injury that changes the composition of what their team needs yep. are going into the draft. We yep. saw Good this. Point. Last year in the NBA Finals, Joe, where Kevin Durant, you know, tore his Achilles. Good and point. that created a chain reaction that changed the needs of the Golden State Warriors. Correct. So I don't think um, it's about like, hey, they got to do this in August. I think it's about, hey, we got to finish the season, understand what the playoffs will be, right. get through that, and then, you know, schedule out the milestones of the offseason. Yeah, it's uh, – they're hoping. Again, no word, but it'll be interesting to see um... – whether or not they can do that. But again, the NBA has also made it quite clear that May 1st, they're not going to really make any decisions on anything. Uh, they're going to wait till at least May, May 1st when there's more information on a lot of stuff, uh, including where we are in this country as far as the uh, coronavirus uh, um, continues here. And uh, again, I mean, listen, good news is uh, even as we continue to move along, the numbers continue to show that what we are doing now is working. Uh, this is all working now. Can that be sustained? Um, you know, yes. The answer is in the short run, it absolutely can. If we keep our asses keep doing exactly what we're doing here now, it doesn't win. It's that simple. It, um, you know, we talked about finishing the job, and that's unfortunately what we're going to have to do. And it's going to be painful and hard and stressful on all of us in a lot of different ways, some more than others. 
but the reality is this is not an um, opponent that we are used to having to deal with. It's a, a very unique uh, counter here that we have to, in order to be able to win, do what we need to do, and that's kind of what we've been doing, and that's what the NBA realizes, Major League Baseball. They all know how important it is to get sports back. We all know how important it is to get some sense of normalcy back here in this country, and we all would love nothing more. A lot of people, uh, you know, I know, Dane, you know, lost their jobs here, and, and they would love nothing but to get back more to, to get back to work. Well, so do the players, and so do the people in the sports book industry, and, so, and the list goes on. Uh, but at the same time, you have to be smart enough and understand that while the numbers and the graphs look nice, um, it doesn't mean that uh, you let your opponent up off the mat and, uh, or just go back and score, you know, a couple of... Uh, you know, a couple of empty netters here in order to get, no, 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 no. We've got to do what we've got to do. And I would very much so, especially with the NBA, Major League Baseball, while they're leaking stories here and there, what, what they like. I don't know if that's on purpose, Dane, to, to kind of put their finger on the pulse of, of what we all think of it. Uh, it's the trial it's, balloons, right? It's crafty the way they're doing it, and I find it interesting. But the reality is, listen, guys, we are, we're close, um, and we've got... By the end of the month, we'll have a, I do think we'll have a much better idea of what we're looking at. So I would not expect anything dramatic here over the next uh, couple of weeks to be decided as far as when are these leagues coming back, Dane. In the meantime, the only thing we can do is continue to push forward. Uh, we know the draft is coming up, but I would hold off expectations as far as anything else goes until at least May 1st, and let's see where we are. Yeah, I think that's true, and if nothing else, Last weekend's UFC 249 yes. kind of issue is a testament to that, right? Yep. I've been saying the whole time how this has to be a collaboration, not yep. only with leagues, but with unions, governments, networks as well. So when we pick our head up and reevaluate, yep. we will see if it's, uh, if it's appropriate, right? And wow. you're not going to be able to please all the time. It is a very delicate balance. And the stats and the curves look different in different places in this country. Yeah, and also, and, and I think, and, and we'll talk a lot more about some of those uh, leak plans that continue to come out with baseball. I love, I love. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back in here to The Grid. It is the early line. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. Want to thank you guys for stopping by, hanging out with us here as we continue to push along in the world of sports, waiting and uh, patiently uh, waiting that, uh, for that matter for us to get a little semblance of uh, normalcy here. Uh, this past weekend would have been uh, Masters weekend, uh, Dane, and I know they did a lot of uh, Tiger and Phil, uh, they were doing the whole broadcast of past champions and those kinds yeah, of things saw, on TV. I saw the 86 Masters. Yes, right. Awesome stuff. Masters. Yep. And Phil, Phil and saw, Tiger joined live, I believe yeah. they were, and they did, uh, you know, talked and reminisced about, the, obviously, yeah. I mean, between the both of them, that's... I saw a little eight. Adam Scott versus Miguel Angel yeah. Cabrera in a playoff. Right. It was good stuff. Yeah. Good I mean, stuff. that's I eight jackets five for a tiger yeah that's five for tiger and three for phil so that's eight uh you got eight green jackets between those two lunatics uh yeah. hanging out uh, there talking about the uh the different masters and the victories and going up against one another really cool stuff yeah, so uh, some over the weekend. jack nicholas tom yes. Kite yep. in 86 it was good stuff i was yep. into it and we for you know it was funny i was watching it was it was kind of it was a little sad because it's um you know years growing up watching and waiting for that, that always meant that, you know, when we were growing up, and you know this, in yeah. New York, that meant spring was around the corner, That's, you know um, what I mean? That was, uh, you know, we were in the midst of baseball, starting baseball season up there, and then, of course, we, uh, we knew that the weather would change a little bit and that uh, springtime was almost here, and I yeah. uh, always loved those games. I always loved that Sunday at Augusta. There was nothing like it, but... Uh, I love what they did in bringing us those uh, all weekend long, really, the, uh, the different matchups, which was kind of yeah. cool. But the Masters, we know, coming up end of the year, Dane. We know in November they're planning on uh, hosting it, and that's good, right? So some of the sports we know, for beyond a shadow of a doubt, that we know what their plans are. 
And major, uh, the PGA Tour plans on uh, the end of the year really being uh, um, three of the, at least three of the majors, the Ryder Cup, all continuing uh, with set dates. That's what they're shooting for. We know the NFL shooting for the, uh, is absolutely shooting for the draft here in a couple of weeks, actually next week. So uh, it's going to be a lot going on. And then there's the unknown, the leagues where we don't know, but we continue yeah. to get. I find it fascinating. We continue to get some of these uh, uh, plans getting leaked out. And, and, you know, Dan, we do this all the time in the NFL, right? We are always question every time we hear something. You know, I, we're always going, all right, so as outlandish as it may be, as crazy as it may be, or even as like, you know, wow, hot take it may be, you always have to go, all right, who benefits from us knowing this right now? Like there's always somebody that benefits from leaking out or having a agent or a reporter or somebody get a phone call and they got to break a story that tells us something that the public didn't know well why like what because that doesn't get out unless somebody wants it out Dave. and baseball now last week alone i can't wait to see what this week brings but baseball last week alone it started out just a week ago dane where we were talking about an entire season in arizona in right. phoenix right and right. we got the details leaked there. And that was Jeff Passan, right? Big baseball writer. Sure. Somebody picked up the phone and called Jeff and said, here's what we need you to put out there, right? Let's see how people react to this. Jeff points <laughs> it out. So all of a sudden, players react. Fans react, right? We, we, that divide between the young players and the older players, right? Sense. Okay, so come Wednesday now, last week, Wednesday and Thursday, now... Now, Bob Nightingale of the USA Today. Oh, yeah, Bob, another big baseball writer, been around forever. He talks about, whoa, whoa, well, we're going to use Florida and Arizona as a base for this season, and we're going to break it up, Grapefruit League versus Cactus League. And, and yet, everything that I've heard, I haven't heard a lot of pushback on that plan. As a matter of fact, I've served way more people especially uh, a lot of the report, a lot of people involved in it, even some players, they can get down with that because the idea of putting 30-some-odd teams in one place was never a good idea, but provided everything is, is all clear in both Arizona and Florida and the opportunity is there, I didn't hear a lot of pushback on that plan, Dane, and you and I br kind of broke it down and said, I, I think it makes the most sense. It really does. I I'm not saying that's what they're shooting for, but I do think the interesting turn of events there and the sequence in which it happened, in which we learned about these things. Yep. I'd be interested this week to see what other plans they might have in the mists are, uh, are working on it. I don't hate that plan. I do think it's a, it's a last resort kind of thing. Uh, I do think, and I think they're smart to have that kind of plan, but no blowback, and, and I'm okay with that, Dean, if it push comes to shove and that's what we're looking at for baseball. Yeah, you know, I think we have to first step back and acknowledge that all of these are quote-unquote last resort. Oh, yeah, uh, yes, plans, of course. Right? So, of course, we've got to take these all with a grain of salt. Um, what was interesting to me is that, you know, the kind of spring training realignment yes. plan that you're talking about, you know, for me, there was questions about competitive balance. For right. me, there was questions about what happens to the DH. Right. And then I heard that they would just be universal, universal. right, having the DH, which is interesting to me. What would the part that's interesting also, though, Joe, is when it was all 30 teams in Arizona, right. one of the pushback that we got was the idea of veterans not wanting to be quarantined for so long away from their families, right? I don't see, though, how if they're going to be in Florida and Arizona, the idea of being quarantined away from your families is any different. You know, the, the kind of familial aspect, because... I don't care if you're on the, the freaking moon right now or a cruise ship or the Bahamas or Fight Island or whatever it is. At this point, athletes would have to be kind of quarantined, right, to be able to put it on. So the element of being away from your family for months would still be there, whether it's in Arizona or in Florida. I do believe that maybe splitting it up and having as many sites as possible um, somewhat reduces the risk because you're not getting 30 teams and their personnel all right. together. You're getting like, you know, 14 here and 16 there or however they would break it out. And to be quite honest, if they could find a third site that could support this, all you're doing is kind of, you know, um, splitting it more and reducing the number of teams and thus the number of the letter level of risk that would happen at each of those sites. So I agree having pods or more than 
as many places as possible would be the right way to go about it. Right. But I still would feel, I would wonder to see what Chris Sale or some of those other veterans, you know, whether it's Arizona, Puerto Rico, Florida, or a cruise ship, how they would feel to be away from their families at this time for an extended period. Yeah, it's... um. It's interesting, again, the reason, you know, the, how we are learning and when we're learning about some sure. of these. And I truly believe that these are just a, you know, these are a couple of many. These are a couple of many that they are working on. But uh, so far, listen, not a lot of pushback on that. It makes sense, certainly from the amount of fields you're talking about between the two states, 24 sure. baseball fields, including three major league stadiums, all of them domes, and that would be... A, Necessity, obviously, in the heat and summertime, both in Arizona and uh, in Florida there. TV schedules line up. I mean, it, it works in a lot of different ways. I know there are purists that are just there. They're crying inside a little bit there, Dane, right now, going the idea of, oh, God, you know, grapefruit versus cactus. Like, I don't want to. But we all know what that alternative is. Uh, and so do the players. Even the ones that are having a hard time thinking about staying away from their families, they do realize in their heart of hearts, they know that uh, being away from your family is a distinct possibility uh, in order to be able to play out the season. And so, I, you know, I think the idea of being sandwiched with five pounds of crap in a three-pound bag in Arizona with everybody versus, you know, you can actually settle in a little bit when it's spread out like that because, A, the teams that would be in Florida, all those teams, guess where they play, guys? They play if they all have home bases here. So... There would be a comfort level, I think, with guys who rent houses or have houses. So I do think it's a little bit easier on the players, especially the, uh, the veterans, because of the familiarity. You can actually get used to it because that's your spring training facility. For They're all here. So it's funny that the way they broke it up was with the mindset of, we're going to put you guys, as opposed to the Grapefruit League going and all of a sudden being stuck in Arizona where they never go, you're in an area there where you're playing spring training anyway. So you're very familiar with the area. A lot of guys have family houses in the area right. purposely. So I do think that takes a little bit of the burden off. It does. It absolutely does. You know, that does, in fact, make sense because they'll be a little right. bit more comfortable, a little bit more familiar. You know, all the other kind of things we have to think about are still in play. And these are a lot of ifs, yep. a lot of, you know, proposals. And to your other point about how these things kind of get out there and are leaked, yeah. you know, listen, we're, we're seeing this in a number of levels, right? Remember, the president came out and said Easter mm -hmm. and then... The, the, the country reacted, whether it be economists or yep. health experts, and we saw kind of what the reaction was. And on some level, that's what a trial balloon is, right? You put it out there, see kind of how see the public happens. reacts, and then see, you know, how much PR blowback it would be, you know, whether it's starting a spring trade, starting a major league baseball season, opening the economy, or something like signing Colin Kaepernick, you know what I mean? Like people put it out there to see how big of a nightmare PR would this be? Can we handle it? And before the decision makers kind of move forward. Right. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> a lot of, uh, yeah. there's a lot of trying to, uh, to figure it all out where, yeah, when you start getting, uh, you know, jet fans there uh, all of a sudden <laughs> in a parody account, uh, yeah. you know, they kind of were taken back a little bit when all of a sudden the jets signed uh, Colin Kaepernick and that was coming out. But, Again, it, uh, there were a lot of places who, and, and this is the funny part about it, Dan, is that there were places that actually took that report Oh yeah, and ran yeah, with it yeah. that end, ended up having to then file retractions yeah. going, oh, guys, sorry. Yeah, it turns out that that was not really Adam Schefter's account. Right. It was a, uh, it was a, you know, it was a parody it's account. And first one to the table, Dan, right? Nobody, can, nobody, they just... <laughs> They don't care about getting it right. They just want to be first. That's it. Doesn't make a damn bit of difference about anything else. Yeah, and especially in this day and age, right, where there's so many media outlets and yes. social media, the idea of being first instead of being right does happen. But, you know, it's just common practice here in social media. You know, check the source, like we always say, and make sure it's relevant. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was funny. I'm up here in New York, Joe. This idea that this broke, that the Jets were going to sign Cap, uh, was quickly – kind of seen to be, you know, quote unquote, fake news. But you're right. Reputable places ran with it. So uh, you got to always, you know, do your due diligence. Yes, you do. And you also, um, you've also got to take into consideration the, um, 
It, it's funny. It, people, everyone's got a, uh, there's a reason behind everything, whether we know yeah. it or we don't know it, right? And uh, in football, one of the other big stories that we, uh, that we heard was, of course, uh, the fact that Todd Gurley, who is now an Atlanta Falcon, um, chose his number. And because uh, we know that he wore 30 and, uh, in, with the Rams, he wore three in Georgia. Uh, and he was 30 in the Rams, makes total sense. Well, he opted to go with a very interesting number here with Atlanta. He opted for 21. Hmm. And as uh, some of you may uh, recall, that uh, uh -huh. 21 uh -huh. with Atlanta, and I had this jersey, uh, was uh, synonymous with uh, one of the all-time uh, greats uh, in Deion Sanders, who actually uh, retired uh, and played with a billion teams there, a yeah. lot of them 21, except with the Ravens at the very end. But he's in the Hall of Fame with 21 with the Falcons. And he has been, uh, I guess he was a little less than uh, happy about Gurley choosing 21 to wear, and he's like, don't wear it. Desmond Trufant had worn it for the last uh, right. six or seven years, uh, who's no longer with the team. So Dion, they don't retire numbers in Atlanta. So Dion was kind of hoping, like, all right, then nobody would wear this number, nobody should wear this number, and, of course, Gurley. No rhyme or reason other than 2 plus 1 equals 3. I don't know. I'm reaching. Uh, right. But there's really no rhyme or reason to pick 21, and, and Gurley was like, yeah, if I was him, I'd be pissed still. But you know what? I'm going to wear 21. So <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, I, I understand both sides here. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. About a week or two, Joe, we talked about this similar thing with Tom Brady now coming to Tampa and taking number 12 right. and kind of the negotiation with Chris Godwin we talked about. And, and since then, by the way, this week also, uh, Tom Brady has filed for, like, more yes. trademarks, yes. right? Like Tampa Bay, and I think there was another one, Tampa Brady, something like that. But, yes, uh, this always happens. It is intriguing to me that the Falcons don't retire number 21. Dion would clearly be yes. – one of those. And Joe, you mentioned you had a Falcons Dion jersey. I had a Dion Sanders jersey also, but it was his Cowboys jersey, which was also number 21. I like the big stars on the um, on the shoulders right. and, and that makeup. So we shall see. You talk also a little bit about Colin Kaepernick. I think what's interesting to note <laughs> here is we are also in a place of the NFL calendar right. where it all goes dark, right? Kind of right before the NFL draft. We're even seeing guys that are still out there in free agency kind of needing to wait and accept that they have to wait for the draft as like the next domino to fall, right? So whether you're a pass rusher like Everson Griffin or Jadavion Clowney, whether you're one of these quarterbacks that we continue to talk about like Cam Newton yep. or Jameis Winston, we are sort of at a point in time where everyone knows that no one's going to get signed right now, or at least none of these big names, because the draft is the next shoe to drop. And the market will dramatically change as teams look to the draft to fill their needs. And then some teams will, and some teams won't. Yeah. And then these veterans will also be able to see kind of what the supply and demand and what their market truly is. Yep. So, you know, the smoke screens for the draft are happening now. And I think, uh, you know, in many ways, free agency is going to be quiet for the next few weeks. Yes, uh, I don't know how much uh, craziness we will see, but uh, I do know that uh, a lot of this, a lot of smoke and mirrors, too, coming up leading into this, uh, into this draft, and something's going to give here. And we got, a lot of, uh, we got a lot of numbers to go over with you here this morning. We'll talk about some of the latest uh, odds when it comes uh, to certainly quarterback position. Uh, around the league. Our friends at uh, FanDuel have been nice enough to, uh, to put out some interesting lines there. The draft numbers, how many quarterbacks, who, what, where. We did also get a, uh, a whole lot from Tua over the last couple of days, including a workout video and a live Q&A Instagram uh, that he did over the weekend. So some interesting stuff about uh, Tua. And again, nothing happens just, just so. That's There's right. a reason for what's going on here with Tua right now, including his numbers changing. So we'll talk about that. We'll give you the latest on Tua and, uh, and his draft stock and what's going on behind the scenes. We'll do that coming up next here on The Grid. It is the early line. Sports Grid.
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, guys, welcome back in here to The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. It's the early line. So if you are joining us, uh, and we, well, we want to thank you first and foremost for making us a part of your day as we continue here, uh, Dane, on the path of uh, a lot of what-ifs, what should be, what could be. We don't know. I've, uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, usually, uh, at this particular point, we'd be breaking down... Uh, ridiculous either counting our money or crying how we would uh, need to work a little bit more because we lost all our money here over the last couple of weeks between the national championship uh the masters would have gone off a couple of weeks into baseball uh you know heck even i think at this particular point we'd even be looking at a uh, xfl uh champion that's somewhere along those lines uh but none of that has come to uh, uh fruition but that's okay we do know the draft of the nfl is coming up And one of the interesting things about the draft, and I think the entire draft, this entire draft really is going to center around one question and one question only, and it's where does Tua go? Because where Tua Tua controls the keys to this draft, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Where he goes uh, is going to really give us a pretty good idea of, A, that direction of that particular team. Uh, it's also going to shape what happens to a lot of the other players that are coming after him. Now, there's prop bets, and we're going to go over all of this stuff for you here uh, during the show coming up. Certainly, uh, we're going to spend a lot of hour two uh, diving into the numbers surrounding this draft. But I think it's, I find it fascinating, again, with the theme, Dane, that everything happens for a reason. Right? Like, we don't learn things just by accident, right? We don't, uh, we don't get things just by accident and one of the things that you and i have talked about here over the last month has been it's unbelievable the tua train of uh of pr that has been happening here where nobody else in the draft not joe burrow not chase none of these other guys that uh, a lot of people feel scouts like football people like they're they're as close to can't miss as possible um the guy that's been getting the most publicity from the media and the hype from the media, the media's got him going number one. Let me just say this. What's coming out about Tua is that, you know, teams would be out. This is ridiculous. Look how good he looks. He sent out a video a couple of weeks ago. Didn't really show much. But that started the hype train with the media, right? So we got one last week. We got another one showing, you know, about, a, about two dozen, three dozen throws, you know, very scripted throws. Uh, no, no pads. I don't like that. But everything was... It, Look good, right? I mean, he looks as good as you're going to be able to look here, not in a game decision. And there are a, a dozen media members, man, that just, they are blowing so much smoke up to his butt here. It's, it's actually nauseating. And then you have to, and to me, I'm going, like, what am I missing here? Like, we're, we're, we're getting such a push to try and tell us, A, how healthy he is, and B, how teams would be absolutely ridiculous to pass on this guy. And yet, I'm watching his numbers on the board go from, does he go two and a half, it started, now it's three and a half, now two over the weekend, hops on Instagram, does that whole Q&A thing there, does a live Instagram post where he talks about how football is a contact sport, and that he's not playing badminton or water polo, like he's playing a sport that requires, and unfortunately, you know, he's gotten hurt, it's a part of the game. And I'm thinking, why? Like, why all of this with, with... too. I don't get it. And then I realized who his agent is. And the agent's job is to get reporters to blow as much smoke Absolutely. up your ass as humanly possible. That's what an agent does, right? Yeah, right. And he's got one of the old school guys that um, we used to hear about him. Actually, you guys ever watched Jerry Maguire? That's based upon Lee Steinberg. Yep. And Lee Steinberg, who's had Tiger, you know, there was a point yep. in the industry where Lee was just, he had everybody who was anybody. Uh, he fell on hard times over the last couple of years. It's been a rough go for him, but oh, as rough as it can. I mean, Tiger left him, a bunch of other guys ended up leaving him. Uh, but Lee's got Tua. And Lee, sure enough, 
when you look at the stories that are breaking on Tua, you look at them and who are they? They're not the bloggers. They're not the young guys. They are the old school, established, 20-year, 30-year vets that Steinberg has got juice with, picks up the phone and and lets it know, and voila, that just spreads like wirefire. And then you got a guy like Mike Lombardi, who's got a great podcast, guys, if you you haven't heard. I love Mike. He's a former GM, uh, general manager, I think Cleveland. And he's the only guy that I have heard over the last week that has stepped up and said, listen, He's not even in the first round in guys' drafts. Like, the guys that I'm talking to in football, a couple of teams gave him an F. They're like, there's no way in hell am I taking the risk. The risk, the, the, the reward does not outweigh the risk with Tua in the top of your draft board. If you're, a fucking, if you're a team and you are in the bottom of the first round, that's one thing. But the teams that we're talking about moving up and selling their soul for Tua... He's going, it's not going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen because, number one, and here's a few stats for you, Dan. I didn't even know. Tua has thrown more than 20 passes in a game eight times in his college career. Okay? Because when you're playing Sam Houston State, all right, you don't play fourth quarters. Yeah, when you're playing fifth quarter, you you ain't the ball. Three quarters of the time, you didn't play the fourth quarter. And he got hurt. Now, let's, let's recall his career, right? The, his first year of playing when Tua hit the scene, he uh, came in for Hurts, right? For and led them to that national championship, and everyone was like, wow. That was like one game. His following year, guys, he got – Hurts had to come in and bail his ass out right. in the championship game, if you remember. And he was just awful. He was awful against Clemson. He was awful against uh, uh, Georgia. He was not good. He made a comeback last year, this past year – only he ended up getting hurt again. So, and everyone's pointing to that LSU game and where he went head to toe with Joe Burrow and he wasn't healthy. Well, that's great. But the reality is you're talking about a guy that played a total of what, 18 college games and only threw 20 passes eight times or more, at least 20, who's been hurt every year. I, I get it, but man, oh man, the PR machine that's going on on Tua right now, it's amazing how much we have on him and nobody else. Yeah, you know, and this just goes back to stuff we've talked about before, even in the previous segment when you talked about passing, you know, and like the trial balloons, sending it out there, right? This is about massaging the narrative or establishing your own narrative, you know? We say this all the time to consider the source. I think it's interesting that you're talking about his agent, Lee Steinberg, who, yes, like if you asked me to name like three or four agents, he would be one of them, right? Along with maybe like Drew Rosenhaus, Scott Boris, these kinds of big time yep. agents. So I do think you make the point that he maybe has older connections, right? We say this with GMs, you know, how they have people that they like to do business with. Yep. And the same thing happens in the media. So it is interesting, like you're saying, that it's the old guard that is coming out with positive or fluff stories or encouragement, right? Um, about Tua. The other part of this you're talking about is he's putting out his own video. Okay, and I think a part of this is, in essence, Joe, it's like a virtual pro day, right? To try to show people what it is, to try to show people he's healthy. You know, the only player in the NFL that's doing the same thing right now, Cam Newton, Newton, the same kind of thing, right? To maybe calm fears about an injury, to try to show that the risk isn't really there. So when you have on one side, me trying to lower the risk by showing, hey, I'm cleared or I'm good to go, and you have a narrative being constructed i do think it is interesting especially in the context joe where in this nfl draft you know people don't get a chance to see it for themselves so the idea of what others are putting out whether it's through moles in the media or through you know uh doctored social media video or or snippets of it you know you have a more of an opportunity than in usual draft seasons to create and shape your own narrative and I think that is what two is doing. But when you look at the numbers, right, it's kind of going the other way. It's almost like reverse line movement on this, Joe. So what does that tell you? Yep. It tells me, again, everyone going left, Dane. You know where that's I'm going. Right. Uh, I'm heading right, brother. And that's uh, – and I, I – listen, I'm not dogging Tua. I'm not saying oh. Tua is not worth it, all right? I I'm not you. saying that he's not – he can be a very good quarterback. I, I think we all agree talent-wise, but – You've got to figure out from your if I'm the if I'm Chris Greer right and I'm the Dolphins general manager, am I really sold on on Tua 
that if if in three years now he can't stay on the field or he's a bust and I've got to trade him for a bag of footballs in right. three, number three or four, right? Because I ain't re-signing him. Does yep. Chris Greer still have a job? Um, exactly. You know what I mean? So, you know, Kyler Murray was a different kind of risk. Um, you know, they had made the, uh, the decision that they were going to go all in. He was a baseball player. He's not, but the injury history, not necessarily there. Exactly. The injury history here, there's no doubting. I mean, he he's not been a wealth of health. And while he did come out and tell us all, it's a it's not water polo and badminton, and I get that it's not. But there's a lot of other people who have remained upright who would have played for Alabama behind the best offensive line and not been. Some guys are just they're cursed yep. like that, Dane. There are just some guys that if they can get, look at the Yankees. I mean, look at the Yankee players and how many times if they can get hurt, they will get hurt. It's just as simple as that. You know, Robert Griffin III comes to mind, you know. Am I trading up if I'm I'm the the Chargers? Are you risking really going up and getting him uh, hurt? That is the extra layer there, Joe, right? The injury risk. Yes. Okay, and that is something that is not necessarily the case with other, you know, prospects. That is another thing that could wind up having egg on your face. And yes. I've said this going into the draft, Joe, three years from now when a GM is on the hot seat, there's going to be no asterisk next to their uh, kind of resume. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, uh, it's not going to say like, oh, and one of the seven draft picks are still on the roster from 2020. Right. But we got to give that guy a break because he didn't have an opportunity to go to those pro days. That's that right. ain't going to be the way it happens. Yep. That GM is still going to get fired if your team is 4-12 and 12 down the road and they don't have any of the, the haul from the last four or five years of the draft. So that is the same thing. Absolutely. And the question is the risk. You talk about Miami specifically, Joe. We had Joe Lisi on late last week, right? And what he was saying that is interesting is maybe they like some of these other guys. And the fact that Miami has pick 18, has pick 26, maybe in a lower stakes way they could address the quarterback position, maybe because they know that there are NFL caliber options in free agency that maybe they didn't think would be there previously, whether it's Jameis, Winston, Cam, Newton, or other, you know, the idea that there are different options. So do I want to stake my claim, plant a flag with Tua at that level, right? And it's all about kind of what level of draft capital you're willing to make that decision. In the first round, if you're at five, Maybe it's a little bit worse than at 26 or early in the second round. These are all the things at play, especially there's some other studs up there who could be day one starters and productive players for you at number five. You know, Isaiah Simmons comes to mind. Big time, man. That's the whole thing is that, at the, and again, we're not talking about 15 through 30. You were talking top 10 here, man. Sure. A, if you're, if you're going to move up to make that and the Chargers really – you know, are the team here, you got to be the risk. Is the reward worth the risk? Because if something were gone and if he is not, let's say, and all right, because we know haven't been in camp, haven't seen him, right? If he gets into camp and all of a sudden he's like, wow, that's Alabama is one thing. NFL's another thing here, guys. And, you know, there is an issue there and there's not a real big body of work and we don't can the guy throw 45 passes in a game god dang to to bring you back and he's only thrown more than 28 times in his entire career you talk about like the 18 starts or what have you and the uh, seven or eight games where he's had that kind of been a volume thrower like he probably need to be in the nfl we also have made this point joe he's doing it behind one of the best offensive lines and you know, the best receivers. And absolutely, literally, the two wide receivers he had last year are both projected to go in the first half of the first round yep. of this draft in a couple of weeks, right? So it's almost like the deck has been stacked to favor him. He still couldn't stay healthy and upright. And so what does that mean yep. if you go to what's probably going to be a bad NFL team at that level of the NFL draft without the benefit of an offensive line that can you know dominate, without you know, what would be, in essence, Pro Bowl skill players on the outside. Yep. So then all of a sudden, when you're in a team that still has needs, are you going to be the guy that's the leader of men? And the other point, real quick, is that these teams would have to spend something to trade up to get him. Guess what? All you got to do is spend money to get Jameis Winston. Yeah. Right. You know, so if you think about it as, like, it's not just um, in a vacuum, right? It's the idea of, hey, if I didn't trade up, and spend another draft pick in collateral to trade, 
maybe I can have Cam Newton and still my second round pick who turns into an eight years. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I can tell you this, uh, Dane. I mean, it is uh, the reality of the situation is that beyond a shadow of a doubt, we have a draft that is going to center on whether or not we can get Tua in the top five, or will he fall past Miami uh, to the Chargers? And will the Chargers go up and get? I think everything with this draft is going to be contingent upon trying to figure out whether or not Tua, of all things, can go ahead and elevate a franchise. And which one of the general managers is going to be willing to risk it all? Basically, you're throwing all your chips in the center of the table of a guy who spent most of his entire college career playing Sam Houston States of the world or teams that he didn't play the fourth quarter very much, excuse me, didn't play the fourth quarter at all. We're telling you right now only eight times, eight times is what we're saying here right now that he actually had to throw the ball more than 20 times in a game. The majority of his games and starts, all 18 of them, guys, came against inferior opponents in which he didn't play the full game. So that's a lot to ask. And I'm not saying two is not worth it, but everything comes at a cost. What is the cost and what is the value to you of getting to it? If there is issues, if it takes a little while for Tua to get to the point where he can be a better than serviceable quarterback in the NFL, are you even still going to have a job? Um, You know, if this guy's a late bloomer or this guy spends any more time on the uh, injured list and he's not able to play, you as that general manager right now, you're, you're toasted. You're toasted in three or four years. You know, that's to me is what, and that's what Mike Lombardi was saying there with, uh, with a lot of, uh, on his podcast, talking about teams, they don't even have them on the board. I mean, even the teams that could have them on the board are like, it, the risk is not worth the reward. It's just not, especially if he can't come out and play right away so that's uh that's going to be the big question mark there we'll have more on Tua, more on the draft we'll also get dane back on here and we'll get uh, we'll start diving into the numbers coming up in hour two on the grid it is the early line sportsgrid.com dailyroto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.